0: Retaining Live Paranormal Spotlight Radio on LiveParanormal.com. Hosted by owners Robert Zarek and Nikki Unnormal. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Live Paranormal Spotlight Radio. My name is Nikki Paranormal, and I'm just one of the hosts this evening. The other one is Rob. Let's bring him in live. Hello.
1: Hey, how are you doing tonight?
0: Fantastic. How about you?
1: I'm doing really good. I, Great. I've i been a little bit tired over the past day and a half because we did a lot of investigating this past weekend. and uh, a lot of cool live streams. Hope uh, mm-hmm. people actually caught that. And um, overall, pretty good. I, I think anytime you're coming off a successful weekend of uh, investigating and live streaming, it's it's good.
0: Oh, definitely. I like to think so.
1: And um, I think tonight's going to be fun because we have a, a paranormal investigator right after we do, you know, th- did our investigation. So we can kind of mm-hmm. uh, talk shop with him and stuff and, you know, see what he's got going on. And, you know, he looks like he has done a lot of cool things. He does a lot of cool things. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good show, good show tonight.
0: Definitely. I agree. Maybe he's got a take on, uh, maybe we get his thoughts on haunted objects.
1: You know what we? A lot of people know that we have a a doll that we take with us Mm -hmm. on a lot of our investigations, and um, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, it's probably my fault. And he was left at one of the locations we went to. So I I don't know how that works. Like, how, how would like if we have him shipped to us? And is, if he's claustrophobic, you know what? Like, what are we somehow breaking the rules by putting him in a box and having him shift? Is he gonna feel smothered? You know, not know.
0: if not if there are holes poked in it. I, I think that that it might be okay if there is holes poked Can, in the
1: box. Should we buy him a plane ticket and put him in like a crate, an animal crate? You know, and I just don't know. Seriously, I don't the know how you transport. Clothes. Yeah, can can you like? I guess you have Clearly to, it has
0: to be transport
1: it. Yeah, alive. we <laughs> haunted. That I don't early. know, works. I,
0: I you know, don't know if you put yeah. that on it that he'll actually arrive. Haunted. You know. Caution.
1: So we do. Bear we the do have that kind of um, kind of debacle that we left him at the Archive of the Afterlife Haunted Museum in Cameron, West in Virginia, the, during our investigation. Like, the
0: dark room.
1: In the dark room. So, like, we couldn't make made it any worse. You know, here we take yeah. you know, Chris with us. and you know, I think tipped. we can, Yeah. Or maybe he's not mm-hmm. evil. They have his soul.
0: Maybe he was before. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh-oh. Yeah.
1: Or maybe he's right at home. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know the origin of Chris.
0: He's with his um,
1: I, I, Yeah, I, see, that's the thing. So, you know, it's interesting. We're doing, you know, a haunted objects type of show tonight talking about, you know, can objects have an attachment, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have always been on the fence with that theory. And lo and behold, it seems like whenever I'm on the fence, it's like, Something or someone goes out of the way to try to yeah prove me on the wrong side or right side depending on where you're at. But you know (laughs) we have a a doll that that you know we purchased a lot of um, and I mean a lot not like it was a lot um, Mm -hmm. of haunted dolls that were for sale and this was one of them and for. I don't know what your thought process was, but for one, one reason or another, you grabbed the doll and you brought it out and you're like, Hey, let's investigate with one of the dolls. And, um, I was like, all right, you know, let's, let's see what happens. And the, the funny thing is, is, you know, we asked the doll, it's name. So we got a response, Chris, fair enough. You know, Chris, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And then we went on a second investigation. Um, what's your name? Chris. Okay. Third, fourth, fifth investigation. What's your name? Chris, Chris, Chris. Um, it it became a little bit obvious that every time we brought that doll with us and we asked, you know, what is your name? And the response was, my name is Chris. I am Chris, Chris, this, Chris, that, that it kind of, um, opened my eyes that, you know, this, this could be something. There could be something to the um, attachment of items. And um, unfortunately, on the seventh or eighth location we've taken him to, uh, but we, you know, we investigated some of the same locations. We um, mistakenly left him in the dark room of a haunted museum. And dark by meaning um, <laughs> evil attachments. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we may have okay. we may have unintentionally really messed Chris up.
0: Lost every future babysitting gig we might have ever <laughs> been able to a teen. Maybe.
1: Uh, and and then it's like, how do you make it up to Chris? You know, I I don't know.
0: I don't know either. I, I just, Maybe we leave him in a church no. for a week. I don't I don't know. Maybe we don't leave him anymore. We,
1: Leave him somewhere happy. You know, and then is, is he going to be rebellious and be mad at us? You know, you, you never Disney. know these
0: things.
1: He needs to go to Disney.
0: Every every kid's happier after say. that, so, yeah.
1: We could just I think that's the only answer. Mm-hmm. Unless, he's a, unless, unless we're assuming incorrectly that it's an adult. Then we need to send him mm. somewhere that...
0: I don't know. When I, I went to know. Disney as an adult, I was pretty happy about it.
1: We should we just should go to if Disney, especially when our our guest last month, uh, Father Barnhart, actually gave us a good insight on all of the hauntings of Disney and some some wonderful Walt Disney stories. So I guess yeah, we 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 might have an in on where to go and what to do.
0: It's true. Totally true.
1: But follow following up with our our talk on haunted objects and our coming off our weekend of investigations, I think it's only natural we bring our, our guest on tonight. Uh bring Tony on yep. and uh let's let's talk to him and see what, what's going on with him.
0: Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hey Tony, how are you?
2: Good. How are you guys doing tonight? We're, we're doing pretty good.
1: I, we just came off a uh, weekend, a long weekend of investigating and live streaming and doing a lot of special events. It seemed like they were, believe it or not, it was like clockwork. Everything ran smoothly. Um, you know, sure. when when it comes to live streaming, streaming from haunted locations and stuff, you know, you, lo and behold, you'll you'll get some kind of like funky thing going on. But we released a new a new format, and uh, we had it come through our studios in Los Angeles. And we were in Gettysburg, right. and you know what, that, that that aspect of it made it 10 times better because that the solid um, broadcast right from, from California never was interfered. You know, when we're going to these locations and stuff, there's always some kind of interference or issues right. or, you know, spirits, right. I, I think the spirits sometimes don't even, they, they laugh. They're like, yeah, let's cut the feed, you know, and yeah. then they laugh. <laughs> they get a kick out of it. <laughs> sure. so That's it. very true. It, yeah, it was one one of, the, one of those weekends that we had a lot planned and it all worked perfect. So good. good. We're we're, do, we're doing really good, just a little tired, you know, because you, you you very you don't oh, yeah. sleep much and then no. tra- travel back. You know, right. so I don't think I to tell right. you about the the long nights that a, a paranormal investigator.
2: You know, <laughs> yeah. I would just suffer no. from but <laughs> It's it's draining for sure. Uh, but it's something that, you know, you have to do to gather information when you're on a, on a haunting investigation. So, yeah, it's, it comes with the job, you know, being tired.
1: Exactly. It, it is. And, you know, it, it doesn't hit you till like, a day or two after, I notice, at least for me. Yep. You know, like, I'll, right. I'll have the, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's just the adrenaline of, like, doing, you know, the investigation and stuff and then, like, the the awful dread of the drive home i think is, like one of the most yeah. awful feelings <laughs> and sensations that i, I have you know cuz most yeah. of my travel mm-hmm. trips are usually 5 hours and uh right. knowing that i just spent you know 4 or 5 3 or 4 days of not sleeping then on the fourth day i got to drive 5 hours i i really I procrastinate know. leaving yep. and then on top of it then then it's like it, i i always say you know right i want to leave by noon and then then i'm like well maybe by 2 Next thing you know, it's like six p.m. and I'm like, "Dear God," you know. After dinner, I gotta go, you know, and then I yeah. don't get until midnight. <laughs> and it's like one. I could have just stayed and investigated.
2: So yeah. at least yeah. that, that's sure. the. Uh, that's a very that's my story. unfortunate
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause it's just uh, it gets gets you. So yeah, we appreciate that's you um, coming on our coming on our show tonight. Uh, we, we've been <laughs> talking about um, you know our investigations and. Obviously, haunted items, and um, you know, we want to get your take on both. And it's kind of cool right. because you know we do many different uh, topics and stuff on our our show, and have mm-hmm. many guests coming off of you know all of our investigations. It's nice to kind of talk shop with uh, you know another paranormal investigator.
2: Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a there's a, a lot involved in uh, in doing an investigation. Uh, Matter of fact, we just uh, were at the Conjuring House in Rhode Island uh, last night, and that's why I laughed when you when you said about the travel home because it was about okay. two and a half or three hour ride home for me from Rhode Island after after doing that. But it was actually more of an event that we held there. We had a we showed the Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It movie, we showed that mm-hmm. to a group of about uh, twenty people, and we had dinner, and then we took questions and things. And then we had them investigate the house for a couple of hours. These these guests that we had to to see what it was like in that old old farmhouse built back in the 1600s. You know, that's the house that the conjuring first conjuring movie was was even about. So that was an interesting place. I'll tell you that.
1: Mhm. Did you did you capture yeah, any right. kind of good activity yesterday or anything? New? No, I didn't. No, no but I think they?
2: some other people some other people did. They they heard a they heard a, a voice in the basement. Uh, call out something, call out the name Michael, call out the name Michael in the basement. There's a lot of activity that happens, but, you know, when you've got a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of guests that came, there are about 20 of them, you know, you're not going to get the kind of uh, EVPs or the kind of uh, evidence that you would normally get if you went in, you know, onesies, twosies. There's a lot of people it just, it, 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 it doesn't do well as far as doing a real investigation. This is just more or less to show them you know what the house was like, and just give them like a mini investigation of it after we after they watched the movie. But I we've had we have been there prior, and uh, there is things that have happened and uh, orbs, noises, uh, um, psychic light rods that we saw, uh, voices that would emanate from nowhere. Once in a while, we'd pick up a lot of activity happened in that, in that house uh, to the parent family. And I believe there's still activity there even today, you know?
1: No, for sure. I think it's a, it's a really cool location and
2: yeah, you know, yeah. it's you one of those there? that, have um, you, have, you have you been there?
1: I, I have not, I've not personally been there, but I know people who have, have been there and, you know, we, mm-hmm. we're, we're planning on going at some point.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. you'd enjoy it. I think you'd enjoy it because it does have that aura about it. You know, it's an old farmhouse. It's, uh, you know, built in the 1600s, I believe, or or very, very early 1700s. It's very old and rustic, and, uh, you know, there are five girls that live there, the parent family and the husband and the wife. And, you know, Carolyn Perrin had a lot of activity happen to her, the mother. Uh, she, she's the one who said she had this vision at the foot of her bed, Called Bathsheba Sherman, an old haggy-looking mm-hmm. thing. But she said her head looked like it was, like when somebody hang you hang somebody and they their, their, their head snaps and breaks. It was like hanging off her shoulder, and she heard a, vo- a voice coming from it. Said, "I'll drive you out with fiery brooms. I'll drive you mad with death and gloom." That she heard that echo through the bedroom when she was there, Carolyn. So it's it's a, it's a it's a weird a weird place. There's a lot of history there. So it is a good place for you guys to someday go to and investigate. You know.
0: Oh, definitely! I totally want to go. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 know,
2: we, we've
1: had we, we've had the um, the offer to go a couple times, and we just haven't got around to get it. Yet. It's it's not super close from Cleveland, or you know, even uh, if we look go, leave from Gettysburg, it's still not super close. So it's almost no, like well you got to plan in like a th- like a three or four day trip. So yeah. I think that's the uh, that's been the obstacle
2: yeah. at this point. Yeah, from from Gettysburg, it's pretty. It's probably about nine hours or so, eight or nine, eight nine hours maybe from Gettysburg. I would assume because from Connecticut to Gettysburg is like six hours. So it took me two and a half, almost two forty-five, maybe to get there from Connecticut to Rhode Island, and that's you know it's like a northeastern way to go. But anyway, it's it's right. a good place. To to try to investigate but there's so many places that are haunted and you know from the history if you go to an old location you know of course Gettysburg is, is really good but if you I was, i'm saying if you but any old church any old structures any old place where a lot of tragedies have occurred you know like ed used to say ed warren used to say tragedies create the ghost syndrome the older a place the more tragedies occurred and the more spirit activity you're going to find through those tragedies <clears throat> such as murder, such as, you know, sickness and death and suicides that happened on that land, perhaps. And you'll you'll there'll be earthbound entities there, you know. So that's that's why New England is is such a great place in the United States to investigate because it's old. Definitely. Right, and I
1: know we, we spent a lot of we spent a lot of time in Gettysburg and uh, right. uh Mickey now works full time in Gettysburg. At um, right. you know one of the most haunted inns in America, so you know we 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 do a lot out there, and, and you know the, the tragedy and everything that's based in, in that area is quite. It's it's really makes for some interesting paranormal investigations to to say the least. But you right. know it's, right. it's it's just all around. Like like Nikki says, you could probably go investigate the the Sheet gas station because something happened on that land. You
2: know, it's uh I'm very sure it possible. needs
0: to be a field hospital, right?
2: Very, very yeah. possible because <laughs> because you know uh, the spirits are all around us anyway. I mean, there's spirits around us all the time. Some make themselves known, some don't. Some remain earthbound. Some some have come back uh, for, for a short period of time, like a visitation apparition would happen to people. In other words, just to give you an example, of what I mean when I say something like that is. You know, like a mother or father is asleep in their bed, and their their young son or daughter overseas in a war, uh, serving overseas, and they get killed over there. Moments later, mm-hmm. some we've gotten reports. Moments, seconds later, these people see a vision of their son or daughter at the foot of the bed. They they awaken, and there's their son or daughter, glowing like a specter, and then they disappear. You know, a visitation apparition to let them know that hey, I'm okay, ma. Don't worry, I'm still alive in spirit. So yeah, you get a million kinds of different phenomena that can happen to people, and so it's it's very interesting to find these things. A lot of the hauntings that we go on are earthbound entities, ones that haven't left for various reasons, <clears throat> simply because they they are more familiar with their surroundings, and perhaps they weren't like perhaps they weren't that religious in life. They never thought about God. They didn't pray a lot and then when they pass away even if they're offered the light which a lot of people are offered the light right away to go towards a lot of people don't even go towards the light because they say to themselves that can't be for me i wasn't that good of a person i never even believed in god or heaven i'm going to stay right here in my house and they just discard it and they just stay in their house where they're used to their their belongings and and the stuff that they acquired over their lifetime and it takes sometimes years and years for them to realize that that's not the right place to be, earthbound. They need to go towards that light and you know, go towards heaven if they're offered it. Right.
1: Okay. That's a that's a great description. You know, and I I totally agree with that and um it's it's interesting with, with the different phenomenon, and the different ways they present themselves. We even noticed right. that, um, you know, with, we, even with the devices, we noticed some work some locations, some at others, and, you know, some right. have, you know, right. spirits have their own
2: particular one that they prefer to use,
1: you know. And, yep. Um,
2: yep, absolutely, yep, yep, that's true. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we use equipment, too, when we go on our cases. But when Ed and Lorraine used to do it years ago, they didn't uh, use any equipment because they didn't have any. The only equipment they had right. were cassette recorder, an audio cassette recorder, or even way back when they used to use an open reel tape deck for EVPs. Ed would carry around this portable open reel deck, you know, pretty heavy, 25 pounds or so, and he'd set up with a microphone. And he'd set up with a microphone, and he'd listen, and he'd even do interviews with that thing. And then it went to audio cassette, because remember, they started like in the mid-50s going on cases and going to haunted locations. And it all happened with Ed and Lorraine Warren because Ed lived in a haunted house when he was a kid from age five to about age 12. He lived in a house in Bridgeport uh, that was haunted and everybody knew it, including his sister knew it. His father knew it, but his father said to him one day, because Ed relayed this to me once, he said, you know, my father was a very like logical guy. He was like a state police officer. He's very logical. He looked at me one day and I was like about nine years old. He said, Hey, Ed, there's a logical reason for everything that happens in this home. And then Ed would laugh at me and he'd go, But my father never told me the logical reason. He would say there's a logical reason, We wouldn't explain anything. So the father even knew things were happening in that house. And when Ed joined the Navy uh, in 1943 at age 17, he said, and he was going to marry Lorraine, he didn't marry her yet until he, he was on survivor's leave uh, later in May, uh, he said to her, When I get out of the Navy, I'm going to find out. If other people have had the kind of haunting phenomenon happen to them like I did in that house in bridgeport, <laughs> and Lorraine remembers seventeen years old, she had psychic ability, but she never saw a ghost or anything she said she said, "Ed, you guys are all you guys are all reading the same books. There's no such thing as ghosts. What are you talking about?" And Ed looked at her and said, "That's because you never lived in a haunted house like I did. I know there's ghosts." so when he got out of the navy. That's what he did. He went in search of other people who had haunting phenomena so he could ask them questions and try to see the familiarities between his haunting and these people. So that's how he basically started. You know, He went to art school for a couple of years. He uh, painted uh, on landscapes and painted haunted houses. And then one day he came home from the art school. This is a couple of years after the Navy, uh, World War II. And he said, Lorraine, I quit art school. And she said, Ed, you like, you love painting. What would you quit for? He's, lot, he's cocky back then, you know. He said, I can I can yeah. paint better than the instructors. I'm going to make us a lot of money. And that's how they got started. He said, I'm going to make us a lot of money. So he he would get these small, like, 8 by 10 pieces of wood, call them barn door paintings. Like, they like look like a barn door that he made it. He'd paint it on acrylic, and he'd paint these scenes. And then he'd drive up with Lorraine. Now he's in his 20s. Uh, to these tourist locations like uh, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, Massachusetts, you know, during the summer. And he parked his car, his 1933 Chevy that he had, and we still have. He parked the car and get out of the car, sit in the chair with an easel, and he'd sell the paintings. And how that got him more notoriety is what he was good at painting, so what he did is he sold those to make money. And uh, he he said to me one time, oh, I make a lot of money doing that when I was when I was young. I said, how much did you make? Ed? he he said, oh, I make four or five dollars a painting. I started laughing. I said, what do you mean you're making five dollars a painting, Ed? And he said, he said, well, five bucks. He goes, that he said, if I sold five paintings in a day, it's twenty five dollars. Back then, he goes, I used to live in a we used to stay in a log cabin up in Vermont for a dollar a day, and we'd buy hot dogs for ten cents each. He said, "In 20, wow. twenty cents, twenty cents a gallon for gas. He said, so if I made twenty-five bucks in a day, I had a lot of money. So I laughed. What, what, what <laughs> got him into these haunted locations is he used to read Fate magazine, which I believe might even still be published today. It's about the size of the old Reader's Digest, like about five by seven size book. Mm-hmm. And he used to read these haunted locations, and Ed would." Find out where these places were, he'd take Lorraine with him, he'd drive up to the, the person's house, park in front, and he would take out a sketch pad and, and a pencil, It'd take him about 40 minutes to sketch the outside of the house. He'd sit there nice and take it easy, do a nice sketch of the outside of the house. And then he'd hand it to Lorraine, who was a real charmer even back when she was in her 20s. Lorraine go up to that house, knock on the door. If somebody answers the door, Just hand them the painting and say, your husband made this nice sketch of your house. He wants you to have it. And maybe they'll invite me in. Maybe they'll invite us in, and we can talk about their haunting. I can ask questions. And that's what he used to do. Nine out of ten times, even more than that, Lorraine would be waving him up from the car. Come on up, Ed. They want to talk to you. And he would pick their brain about hauntings. And so that's how he started to learn about haunting phenomena, and besides reading, of course. And then he got called on cases when, he did a gallery showing of his paintings in in his town, in his little little town of Monroe, at a little social function, and after he showed them, uh, a gentleman came up to him. This like 1967, and said, uh, "Mr. Warren, that was very interesting about these paintings that you have, and the little paragraph you have about these haunted houses. How'd you like to speak about that at our school?" And Ed say, and Ed laughed and says, "You know, I don't I don't do public speaking." And the guy said, and the guy said to Ed well, you know, Mr. Warren, we'll give you $300 if you come to our school. And Ed looked up and said, when do I start? Tell me when. (laughs) And he went. And so Ed did that. And and so he did it several times, and more people would call him up than a college called him up. And that's how they started doing the lecture tour for years. They used to do like 70 or more lectures per semester. And the first time I ever heard Ed talk about ghosts and devils and demons Back in '79, when I met him, after meeting his daughter Judy, I was so intrigued by what he was saying about these things. You know, like I couldn't believe he's talking about these devils and demons. And even back then, you know, he had the Annabelle doll. He'd show a slide of it. I'm like, oh, geez. And he'd go into detail about what happened with the doll and why it's real, why 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 evil is real, why the devil is a real entity, which it is. And uh, it got me so intrigued that, and I kept going out with. Judy is his daughter, and go over and go over to his house for dinner and, and i just pick his brain He'd take me down to the museum and show me around all the time, tell me different stories you know, but the only sad part about all this is that you know Ed never got a chance to see even one of the conjuring movies. Lorraine saw one and two, but you know mm-hmm. he didn't even get a chance to see one cause he 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 passed away in oh six, so but he was so knowledgeable in the in the paranormal realm that it was amazing to me. Amazing the stuff he right. he, never, he He never. said to me one time, he said, there's not a question I can't answer. So I used to try to trick him. And I'd ask him these crazy questions about demonic and you know, you know, ghosts and things. And whatever I asked him, he had an answer for. He goes, you know, you, you, I, I just know a lot about it because I, I read thousands of books. I talked to a lot of parapsychologists and priests and everybody else. And I went on hundreds and thousands, actually thousands of cases at the time. He so I know uh you know I know a lot about this stuff that you can't trip me up and he'd laugh, you know, and uh he was right, I couldn't trip him whatever i said he had a, he had a decent reasonable answer for, you know, so I know he was the he was the master of uh, of the paranormal realm as far as I'm concerned
0: right I'm sure he had some amazing no, stories,
2: <laughs> oh yeah, a yeah lot you know, of amazing we, stories. we
1: could really we could really just have you on and, and just have you talk, because I was, like, just intrigued by everything you were going to say. And I'm not one to be <laughs> intrigued by much. You know, so it's like, that, say, for, me, for me to give you credit that. like that. That's that, pretty that, amazing. No, that, because might, you, yeah, because that because might be, like, the that, first, he, first time I've ever said Ed
2: that. Ed has that kind of knowledge that that's why people say to me, well, Mr. Sparrow, you're a demonologist, right? I always hesitate to answer that question. I know there's a million people now out there who claim to be and say they know so much mm-hmm. about the uh, demonology about the study of devils and demons but i knew how much ed knew so it's like you know i knew right. what, how knowledgeable was. and i know even you know he taught me everything that i could learn he still knew more than me because he read maybe 200 more books than me at the time and you know he went on thousands of cases when i went on hundreds of cases and he just had that kind of knowledge that paled my, my knowledge paled in comparison so when people say you're a demonologist right i go well, I'm a psychic researcher. And I, I don't like to call myself a demonologist. That's throwing that's throwing away big big words. It's almost like saying uh, almost like saying that you know you're a doctor after you read a few books on on medicine. No, you're not a doctor. You may know a little bit about it, but you're not as knowledgeable as the person right. who wrote the book. You know, so, right. so. and And if I'm not
1: mistaken, Definitely. I think for about fifteen for about fifteen dollars. There's this place that you can even get a, a, cert, a like a certificate that says you're a demonologist now. Really? <laughs> I yeah. That, really? You know, no. I, I, yeah, I think there's. A, I think there's. A, I'm sure. I, I, you know, it seems like the, the requirements to hold that like official title are not sometimes what they're cracked up to be. So I, I like your explanation and the way you present it That's uh, you know on point I mean, to my my yeah, thinking and yeah. her thinking.
2: Yeah. You I know, mean, I don't mean I don't mean to be self-effacing and like you know I'm not worthy of it, but <laughs> but I'm not worthy of it compared to Ed. Compared to Ed, I'm not, it's, like right. to a, it's like going to it's like going a karate school and there's a 10th degree master. And so you took karate for like two years and he taught you a lot, right? Or three years or four years. He taught you a lot, but you're still not as good as him. He still knows more than you. No matter what you say, you can could, you could open your own website and say that you're a karate master, but you don't know what he knows. You, you know what I mean? So... I, mm-hmm. I just, to honor him. I don't. I don't say yes. I'm a demonologist. I just say I'm a psychic researcher.
1: Nice. I like that. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. So. Mm-hmm. So you know we have done some. Uh, you know we've done tons of research and we've done thousands of investigations and. You know it seems like we. I don't know if it's just because of the movies and, and just in general. Now, but haunted objects and haunted items seem to be more popular. Um, so we stumble <laughs> acro- across it more lately than, you know, before, you know, and right. I, I think maybe uh, I think people now are, are kind of taking their, their hauntings and maybe saying, Hey, our haunting did not start till this item came into our house. It has to be that item, you know, not disregarding every other possibility it's because it's, right. it's kind of you know these haunted items have brought you know it kind of come into more mainstream now where I think right. you know people see it on television they're like oh my god I got a doll you know my I got my mom's doll when she died and you know and the lights flicker now and or, or the the activity you know that were happening in their house they're not a, 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 you know they're not accustomed to it. And now they're blaming the, the new doll right. that entered in
2: or the, whatever. Right. Because so it's
1: interesting because you have that thrown into the equation now more than more than ever.
2: Yeah, it's the easy explanation. It's the easy explanation. Well, I just bought this at a tag sale, this dollar, or this object, this chair even, or whatever. I bought this at the yeah. tag sale mm-hmm. yesterday, and today my lights are flickering and I hear noises and I see stuff out of this corner of my eyes. Well, it could be that, maybe but it doesn't necessarily mean that's what it is. It could be very coincidental that that's what's happening. Uh, but, you know, haunted objects, the attachments of haunted objects and things like that, I don't think it's as uh, as uh, commonplace as people are making it to be. I, I really don't. Because, mm-hmm. And the reason I don't, and it's just my opinion, and you know, that's what I think, is that if the object has an attachment, it has to be from... A black witchcraft, or a sorcerer, or somebody who's very knowledgeable in incantations and rituals and prayers. I and mean, I don't know how many people are doing that. I mean, you know, maybe some. But for, but there's a big difference between an object that's possessed by something and an object that has an attachment or a bad vibe to it. You know, you can call it a bad vibe more than an attachment because, first of all, it's possession. God's not going to allow a human being to possess, you know, a hassock or a chair, or a TV set. That doesn't happen. God doesn't allow that. It's, it's not part of the universal plan, is to have, you know, your grandmother sitting, in a uh, residing in a couch, for, for a thousand years. That doesn't work. That doesn't happen. A, de, a, de, a, a, a right. demonic entity could. A demonic entity could, because it has more power. A lot more power. And it's opposite of what God teaches. <clears throat> so, that's one thing. So if somebody says, I think it's my grandmother, that's, that's not true. Or I think it's, you know, a little girl in that doll, it's not true either. Uh, that's what happened with Annabelle, where when they, had a, they had a seance, and the psychic convinced the women by her, by her seance, the two women, said, oh, there's a, I'm sensing a six-year-old girl that was killed outside your apartment. And she's about six or seven years old. Her name is Annabelle. She's in your doll. And the girls bought that explanation. That's not true. Uh, they knew that wasn't true after when, when, when Slash's marks appeared on, on the, on the uh, fiancée, Lou, of one of the nurses. But to get back to the possessed objects, uh, to, me it's, to me it's possible. But I'm just wondering how many darn, uh, how many darn uh, black witchcraft people and sorcerers are there out there doing this? You know what I mean? Because it's not going to just happen on its own. Something has to happen with the artifact. So, in other words, you take a priest, and a priest is a very holy and pious person, and you you pull out of your pocket a medal or a crucifix and say, Father, could you bless this for me? And he blesses it. What is he doing? He's infusing it through prayer with positivity, with good vibes, right? With good vibrations, let's put it that way. And so it's something that's like a holy relic now. You know, so... I, I find it hard to believe that there's uh, millions of these people opposite of a priest throwing in negative incantations and negative vibes over all these objects. It's possible, but I don't think it's as common as you know people are making it out to be like, like everybody that has a haunted house, you had to have a, you know, because you bought something at a tag sale, now now your house is haunted. Right. I don't buy it. And why I don't buy it, too, is because I buy lots of stuff at tag sale, and so does my wife, over 25 years of collecting stuff, and I never had a bad thing happen to me. So what are the odds it's going to happen, like, you know, one out of five? I, I bought hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of objects with no ill effects. So this one person right. that calls us up and says, well, I bought, I bought a chair, now i got problems. They, they could be imagining mm. it or it could be coincidental, you know. So, so right. the that object part. Haunted well, object thing to me is 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 kind of rare versus common, you know. Like I said, though, it's my opinion.
0: Right. <laughs> and I respect right, that. Well, I no, think it's a great opinion. <laughs> it's
1: it's it's really and it's interesting too. I I don't know if you got a chance to catch a little bit of our our introduction. Um, no, you know we purchased so we purchased a a lot in meaning like a auction lot of right. supposedly dolls and. On the side, I had found out that they came from a, a home that had a lot of activity, only because people know what I do. Um, right. So I bought the I bought the dolls, and um, we took one so, for the heck of it. You know, like I'm on the fence on a lot of the haunted object stuff. I'll be honest with you. And and you know, on the fence is me saying nicely that I, I don't buy a lot of it. Um, but <laughs> there was one particular doll that we brought out and took. And just just almost like kind of messing around, like, all right, let's bring the haunted doll out. And we asked the name, and it, the name came through Chris. On, Chris uh, yeah. I heard yeah, I heard a, that part. I heard that part, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here, here's kind of an, an odd scenario that I just painted while listening to your um, explanation and your theory. So we've taken Chris to many different locations. He kind of travels with us. he's almost did like a Where's Chris type of thing on our, our Instagram mm-hmm. account for a little while. But then it kind of right. got played out, too. Like, you know, like the last thing I was – when I was in the heat of investigations, my last thought in my mind was going to get Chris and taking a picture of him at a new place. You know, so kind of – like the intent was there, but, like, did we execute it? Not, not that much. But, right. you know, it seemed like we, we took him to maybe about, you know, eight different places and multiple times and, like, done about eight different investigations where we kept getting the name Chris. And, um, mm. Every time we asked, what's your name? Chris. And, and maybe it was just, I, I it, it was more than a coincidence because it was on three different th- different types of devices, apps, you know. And I don't like apps either, so that's a whole other thing. But um, it just cripped everything. Crapped, and, and we took it. Mm-hmm. And here's here's the odd scenario based on what your your theory is, is mm-hmm. we we ended up, and I don't even know why Nicole brought him on this trip. I didn't know she did, and he was in my car. I, he
0: needed to get out. He, 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 he puts
1: him in a car seat and rolls a window down for him in a hole nine. Kind of, kind of weird. But uh, he we he went to a Haunted Museum, Archive of the Affiliates. It's in West Virginia. A, a buddy of ours, we really like him, Steve Hummel, um, runs it and has what, what's called his dark room of objects that supposedly have evil, demonic, and dark entities or or, or an item that Maybe is based around something that occurred that was in the space or it's it's the dark room it has some interesting objects um, and his his museum has some interesting objects, but lo and behold, Chris, for whatever reason, Nicole went out and got Chris, brought him in right. and we
2: right.
1: put him in the dark room, and then I thought she had him, she thought I had him, and he ended up staying in the demonic room, so based on your scenario. We might have, we might have just took Chris home. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know. I mean, you, you never know. Uh, you know. So, so, so yeah, that 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 that's a good story. I mean, I don't know what the answer to that is, to be honest with you. But uh, how did you get the name Chris so from a from a machine from a a box, or how'd you get it, spirit box? Yes, from. Yep. Yeah,
1: from multiple spirit boxes, a device. I can't remember if we got a straight out EVP or not, um, but I, it, it seemed like we'd say, you know, is there a name that you would like, to, you know, that's associated with this particular doll? And every single time it was Chris, and it was the locations were different. So you know, I was thinking, yeah. is it you know, boxes, we take it the out of the spirit boxes
0: first? were different.
1: Yeah, probably like four well, or five different spirit boxes. Locations yeah, were different.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well you know, tried you, know you're, to you're, put
1: some variables you were picking
2: up there. you you were getting some some entity coming through that was saying it was Chris. But then again mm-hmm. but then again was it was it a human spirit? Probably not. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? so because you know, what what does the diabolical or demonic spirit want to do? The, the diabolical or demonic spirit wants to Confuse and trick. Right. They're very clever. So it can be saying in it, just like when you use a Ouija board, and you say, is this my grandmother Sally? And it comes back and says, yes. And then you try to test it. And you say, well, Aunt Sally, or my grandmother Sally, what would you get me for my 15th birthday? And Aunt Sally comes back, I got you a red bicycle. And you say, wow, that's my Aunt Sally, because guess what? I got a red bicycle. It's all meant to deceive. It's all meant to deceive you. Right. If uh, they're thinking, you're talking to your grandmother. That's where the problem arises. So that you can never really trust what's coming through the box. If you're going to ask that question, or for me, I should say, and ask that question, I would say, in the name of God, I ask you to give me your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, I would ask you to give me your name. And then if it did give you a name then I would say things like, you know, do you believe in God see what the answer is? Are you in heaven? No. You know, no, are you in hell? Wherever. You, uh, can you recite the Our Father with me? Do you know what the Our Father is? I would get into a religious thing to see what I'm dealing with uh, because demonic spirits, sometimes they will, but most of the times they'll shy away from doing stuff like, yeah, I believe in God. They won't answer that. or, Or God is good. Is God good? Is God you know, the best, see what the answer is, if you get answers at all. But now you're playing around. It's almost like you're playing with a Ouija board, which is a dangerous thing to do. So the spirit boxes and things like that, they're they're okay if you use them properly, just like if you were to use a Ouija board, I would always protect myself by envisioning myself (coughs) uh, in a glowing white light all around my aura, all around my body. I would just close my eyes and envision a white light which we call a Christ's light or God's light of protection, and ask God, please protect me from anything evil or demonic or or uh, inhuman. You would ask that and for guidance, and you would ask for protection from God before you ever use that spirit box or Ouija board, because that's where people get into trouble when they start to... Cause, you know, and the stuff that Ed used to investigate, Lorraine and me, <clears throat> a lot of stuff happened with people dabbling with Ouija boards, Dabbling with psychic readers because they're inviting in things that they nothing about, know nothing about. In other words, they're not challenging, but they're inviting in the other world. When you use a Ouija board, that's your conduit to the spirit realm. Even though people say that the Ouija board is just a piece of board and plastic, it's nothing. What are you talking about? It's just a game. Well, no, it's not just a game because you're asking questions of the unknown, and this is a method for them to give you an answer that you could understand through that Ouija board, numbers and letters. So when you say, is there a spirit here? And it says, yes, something is moving the planchette. There are people who will swear up and down it. I oh, know I didn't move it myself. It just started to go on its own. And that's true. So same thing with the spirit box that you use. You got to be very careful because you know, it's going to suck you in thinking it's Chris. And if when you just said right. to me, when you just said to me, well, maybe we took Chris home. Oh yeah, maybe you did. Maybe you took a devil home too. You see, you got to be careful. Right. <laughs> you know, you got to be careful what what happens with these, because people use them a lot, and people do. And, and the problem too is, it, you don't have to be affected right away. That's the problem with right. with this whole deal. Is that, well, nothing happened to me. I asked, you know, on six different occasions, and it came through with Chris. And so what? It's nothing. Don't worry about it. And then, you know, three months later, you get in a bad car accident or your mother gets in a bad car accident or gets sick, and it's all because you invited in the devil, but you never attribute it to what you did prior to it. You never, You don't think back and say, wait a minute. Maybe it was that spirit box when I asked who that was, and it said, Chris, maybe it wasn't a human spirit. You don't think that way. You're you never even going to associate it. But bad things start to happen to people, and they don't associate it, but that might be what's... Triggered it, you know what I mean? So you always got to protect yourself. So if you want to use a spirit box, anybody out there, protect yourself with the white light. Say to to yourself, God, please protect me. Uh, Say a prayer if you want, but envision your body, your whole body covered from head to toe, and what it does is it protects your aura. And it's a white light of protection, we call it, which is effective. It It really is effective. If you have faith in the Lord, if you have faith in a higher power, God, He's going to protect you if you ask Him. He's not going to forsake you and let a devil take over. But you know, because God will allow a demonic entity to only go so far and stop. But if, but then again, remember this too, guys. God gave us free will. He's not going to stop you from asking questions. He's not going to stop you from getting uh, involved with. Satanism he's not going to vo- uh, stop you from getting involved with demonic things if you want to use the Ouija board nobody's going to stop you but he doesn't want you to he doesn't want you to communicate with demonic spirits he wants you to pray but he wants you to pray to the right thing to him to the saints and things like that so so people who get involved in Satanism and things like that they have a very bad time because unbeknownst to them you know they're they're going against God and God's will and Sometimes it doesn't catch up to them at all in life, you know, but it catches up to them after they're dead in other words they don't they're not with God anymore they're with the devil, and you don't want to go there, you don't want to go there you know so, no. so that's my that's my take on it my My take on this whole whole thing with the paranormal is you have to if you're going to be a paranormal investigator, it's a good thing to believe in God. These people say, I'm a paranormal investigator, but I don't have a religion, and I don't really believe in, I don't know if I believe in God or not. Maybe, maybe not. That's a dangerous road to go down because things can, bad things can happen to people who don't have faith when they do this kind of work because no cop is going to help you when, you. when somebody's got something throwing somebody across the room with invisible hands grabbing them, a cop's not going to come in and be able to save you. Nobody can save you from something like that except what? God and prayer. And exorcists and people doing blessings and deliverances, so, so that that's where we, our group comes comes from a religious standpoint because that's where Ed came from, spiritual, and faith, not just you know mm-hmm. he did do scientists but not a scientific approach. Scientific approach doesn't uh, actually do anything to help a family who's haunted. Like if you go into a a place where a family's being tormented and just by setting up equipment and recording things. That's fine to gather evidence, but it doesn't help the family. The, the, the whole reason Ed used to gather evidence in the rain, when they went into a place, was to gather the evidence to show it to the church, or their person's, uh, the person's, the clergy of the person's faith, and say, Look, this is what's happening. Look what we got on film. Look at the recording we got. Look, and, and this is their their eyewitness accounts of what happened. Can you help them? Because so the, the church is not going to just go in and, and try to do an exorcism without evidence. So that's what their whole thing was based on, uh, helping families who were tormented. You know, Ed once in a while, sure, he'd go to haunted places like structures, you know, institutions like a like a mental hospital once in a while. But his main focus was to help other people that were experiencing torment from a, a, an entity in the house. You know, because that's what he experienced. Mm-hmm. Right. That was a long that was a long diatribe yeah. I gave you. Sorry. <laughs>
1: No, no, totally. no! And, and, and I, I totally, and I totally agree. And, and I think you know, even to take it to a, a different level is a lot of times when we do our investigations, it, it, we we don't always believe what we hear, based on, you know, I, I feel as if you know, if we're talking to a, a spirit who is knowledgeable and, and can interact with us, then they know what's going on. So, you know, we've had done investigations where we're, we're, we're trying to communicate with someone specifically that is tied to that building, and, you know, we get that name that comes through, but is that specifically right. that person or, or just another spirit that's having a good time and, and getting a kick out of screwing us up, you know, sc- messing with us. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, we, right, 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 we right. went and investigated right. a, a place, and the guy's a plaque was on the wall, and his name was Thomas Ingram. And I said, what's your name? And Thomas Ingram you know, was it just a spirit that could read, you know, like we could? You know, I was saying, yeah, I'm Thomas Ingram, you know, or was it actually Thomas Ingram? So, you know, right. I think sometimes you easily could be fooled, and you have to keep keep that in mind that it might just be a prankster, because I, I know I would
2: do it. Absolutely. absolutely, You're absolutely right about that. you to absolutely right about that, because, you know, there are mischievous spirits, too. In other mm-hmm. words, like, you know, jokesters, like, like say say you die or I die, I might be a jokester if I was earthbound, just to just to razz people a little bit. You know, before I went towards. I right. plan on it. You
0: know what right. yeah,
2: you know I know have what an mean? option, so, so, I, plan so I on was it. like I said, like Ed used to say to me, I'm going to haunt a lot of people when I die. He was kidding, but maybe he wasn't. In other words, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he wanted to, <laughs> because he was a prankster in life. Ed was a big jokester. He was a big mm-hmm. jokester. He, he wasn't like <laughs> you see Patrick Wilson on the screen. Patrick Wilson does a nice job of portraying Ed, but Ed had a side to him that was a real prankster. You know, like one time he went he went to a restaurant with another couple, he and Lorraine, and another couple went, and the other guy was drinking beer. Ed doesn't drink. So the other guy's drinking beer, and Ed's saying to himself, I know this guy's going to have to go to the bathroom pretty soon. So Ed gets up, says he says, Ed says, i got to go to the bathroom. But he knew the restaurant, and the restaurant had the kind of door where you could lock it and pull the door closed, from the outside, and then nobody can get in the restroom. So he went into the bathroom, Ed did, but he locked the door on the way out, knowing that the guy was going to have to go in a few minutes, <laughs> and it'd be embarrassing. He said, "He said you know, Charlie got up and he went to go to the bathroom, and the door was locked. And he had to go searching around for the manager and get the key." So little things that Ed used to do like that. And then one time he went to England with a guy, and they, and, they, and all the times Ed went to England and Scotland with Lorraine and, and other trips. Uh, he could never get any good food. Always got he asked for a steak, he would get like a you know one ounce thing, like a, like a little cube of steak and lousy. But Ed liked a lot of steak, so he went over there with his friend John Kennyhurst. And John says to the waiter, "I'll have a steak." And the guy brings over this humongous steak falling off the plate, and Ed was jealous of that, you know, because Ed, Ed ordered something else. So what did Ed do? While while John's eating the steak, Ed takes a, a knife and fork, cuts the steak in half puts the, his half, one half on his plate and starts eating and starts laughing. He goes, you're not going to eat all that steak. I'm having half of it. He was a jokester. He liked to kid around about things, you know. And so, like one time we were in Scotland and the, uh, the Isle of Skye, and I went into the restroom, and they, they have like these communal restrooms and stuff. We're like in a town. So it was in Portree, which is the capital of uh, Skye. So we went in, and it was like wooden doors for the stalls. So I went in one of the stalls. And as soon as I went in the stall, Ed's, Ed's banging, 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 banging. Like, hey, 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 what are you doing in there? He's kidding around. He thinks he's banging on my door. He's banging on the door <laughs> next to me with a guy in it. The guy opens the door and says, what do you want? And says, oh, that wasn't me. I didn't bang on your door. That guy just ran out of here. The guy just ran out of banging on your door. He was a jokester. He was a kidder. <laughs> well, I
1: think, I think you knew <laughs> that to kind of balance <laughs> out the, the...
2: – yeah. When well, he started on in investigations, yeah, he'd walk in. He'd walk in the house, and the first thing he'd say to the family it was, "Okay, where's the milk and cookies? I'm hungry." And then he'd settle down, and he'd be serious. But he, you know, he wanted to add humor right. to what he was doing because he knew the family was tormented. They were all serious. His investigators, like the sometimes young kids would be young, twenty year olds would be helping Ed out. They were all serious, and when they walk in, almost like you know, like a doomsday thing. So Edward the He'd lighten the, the atmosphere, you know. And, but then he'd get down to business, and he'd be serious from then on. But when he was not in that that mode, when he wasn't like in a haunted house, he was a jokester, man. I mean, he was a real jokester, this guy. Kid around all the time, you know.
1: We'll have to do a whole segment on that one time, because that's uh, very dear to my heart. I, I enjoy pulling pranks on pretty much every investigation or saying <laughs> something. And the way I look at it, as long as I laugh, that's all that matters. <laughs> you know, and, and I think I've got, I one thing is I, I know that I'm, I'm not – I cannot beat them to the location or if – there's been a couple times I – we we have to – they won't let us stay at the locations. So we get a hotel. And I remember one time right. I, I beat mm-hmm. them to the hotel. And um, I took – I got all the keys and I went into the room. And I, I made it as if there was a guy sleeping in the bed. I took pillows from the opposite bed and made up, like, right. a dummy guy in the bed and put the TV on. And then I put <laughs> the, their keys, gave them back their keys, and they walked in. The TV was on. There was a dummy in the bed. And the lady just, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think she screamed or what she did, but she, like, she's like backed out slowly. She's like, we're in the wrong room. Someone's, someone's already got this room. And it was just me. I got there ahead of time. I was bored. So I made up, like, <laughs> tell I was on to him. <laughs>
2: That that that's what I mean. Yes. Funny thing, you have to have a little humor infused in that kind of work because it's very serious work, and you can't just you can't drag everybody down with the seriousness of it. You know what I mean? Like you want to lift their spirits a little too, and 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 like break break the tension kind of thing. You know? So that's you know, that's that's what I like. I don't like when I have a place I'm going to. Uh, I take a fairly new investigator with me, and they're all like serious. And they're all like somber, and they're like, acting like you know somebody's going to jump out and slash their throat. They're so afraid. I don't like that. I like a little bit of humor infused within that. You know, lighten the load a little bit. You know, like you said. So, yeah, that, it, right. it's, that's that's the method that we use too. You know.
1: Well, sadly enough, it looks like our our interview is coming to an end. So we're gonna have to gonna have to like schedule like a part two or something to this. So sure. you yeah, know, it, it's been sure. our. Our pleasure having you on. Do you have anything well, that you'd you. like to plug? Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'd like to plug the uh, uh, the Paracon that we're having in uh, October, on October 30th. We're having a, it's called the Warrens, Seekers of the Supernatural Paracon, and it's going to be in the Courtyard by Marriott in Waterbury, Connecticut. And people who are interested in going to this, we're going to have about eight speakers We're going to have, oh, artifacts in the museum I'm bringing uh, in a separate room. I'm bringing the Annabelle doll, the shadow doll, the satanic worship idol, the plastic dinosaur from the Devil in Connecticut case, which is the Conjuring movie. Even though it wasn't focused in the movie, it was featured in the book, the uh, creature that David Glatzel had. And then a surprise artifact from our occult museum is going to be there also in a separate room. And we're going to have about 50 vendors there. Uh, from all over the country, Uh, people selling paranormal equipment, psychic readers, healers, Reiki healers, people selling uh, various books and uh, crystals and things like that. And if anybody wants to know more about signing up, just go to www.warrens.net, warrens.net, it's a plural, warrens.net, and click on events, and you'll see it, the Paracon. And we still have some tickets left, but you know we sold a lot of tickets already. That's not until October. It's for some reason people are really interested in going to this thing. We've got about 800 tickets sold already. So wow. uh, you know, so we're not we're not going to go too much more. Maybe a thousand tickets, and then we're going to stop. We don't have you know, It's just it's a it's a big ballroom place, and separate rooms too for the uh, artifact room and for the speakers. But it's still a lot of people showing up, so we have to you know put a limit to it. But just go to warrens.net, click on events, and you'll see all about it. It tells you all about the speakers, the guest speakers and all of that, like Ryan Buell from Paranormal State will be one of them. Uh, UFO guy will be another guy. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really good. and all of my team will be there. My wife, Judy, will be there, and I'll be there, of course, and we'll be interacting with everybody. So it'll be it'll be really fun.
0: Sounds good. And you,
2: and you, guys, and you guys are invited for free. You guys don't have to pay. You just come on in. Just go look on Warren's i at the event. All right? Awesome. Well, it, well thank I, you. I,
1: I definitely. And if you ever want to come out and investigate with us in Gettysburg, um, okay. please just let me know and we can arrange that. And maybe we can do some kind of fun, fun event or
2: live stream or something based
1: on uh, having you come out.
2: Sounds good to me. Yeah. Sounds good to me, Rob. I really appreciate it.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank awesome. you
0: so much.
2: Well, you're very welcome, guys. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. You're very nice. You're very professional. Just be careful out there. Do what I told you about the white light and about asking for protection before he uses the uh, the box or anything, or even going in on haunted location. What do we do? We Just just as an added benefit, the white light. Just remember the white light.
1: You got okay. it. We try our best. Right, okay, guys. Thank
2: you. Appreciate it very much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yep,
0: bye-bye.
1: Maybe so maybe Chris was meant to be in the dark room.
0: I don't know though. My life feels incomplete without him. Maybe it's just my class well, maybe. Feels incomplete without him.
1: Maybe that's the the devil having its hold on you.
0: I just don't know <laughs> if the devil's inside that sweet little face. I just don't know.
1: I don't I don't but know. But it would be a
0: face to hide in because That's you
1: know what? The That's mm-hmm. the point. That's the point.
0: Exactly. Now I'm gonna be skeptical of everything cute.
1: <laughs> right. And guess let's let's be honest. What was the reason why we had the you know, we had to hustle out of there because there's another event coming on. And um, mm-hmm. maybe it sure. tied in that Chris Chris kinda like knew. He's like you know, was summoning you out to the car to get him to bring him in. Yeah, maybe
0: that was what it was, or maybe we were just really tired and forgot.
1: I don't. I think Chris is home. I think we should we should leave Chris at the museum. I think he's, you know we, what we need to do is maybe visit Chris or or have you know and, and visit for, with Chris. Have like a sit down, mm-hmm. pull a chair up, be like Chris. Here's the deal you know, are you really Chris, first of all, or what are you? And do you want to stay, you know, are, are you at home here? You know, and, and see see what kind of response we get. If the doll was like, yeah, you're not really Chris. You know, my ploy was to get back Chris here who? with some of these objects. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what I said? My uh, question is, we, when we, if we get him back, is he going to be, like, badass now and he's going to have, like, his hair is going to be dyed black, and he's going to have, like, black eyeliner and black nail mm-hmm. polish, and he's going to be wearing gothic. Very gothic.
1: Yeah, yeah, it could be. I wonder. And you, but I'll you love him just the same.
0: I'll love him anyway.
1: Maybe him and I will become twinsies. I, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I would, mm-hmm. Let's stop there.
0: Um. <laughs> okay. Fine.
1: <laughs> no, I did... I did tend to – I had sent you a text because based on his scenarios as well, you know, I I did not have all my injuries until, you know, we started investigating together. So I, I don't know if that's a something mm-hmm. that, you know.
0: Yeah, but we didn't – we can't blame Chris or anything, you know, because, like, Chris,
1: that's true. obviously,
0: it, he, he wasn't a part of that then. Maybe it's just me.
1: No, no it could be just you. Maybe let's be honest with you. I met you for the first time in person, like in March, April. And by November, I was already laying on the ground. Couldn't get up. Had to have the ambulance. That was only like six months. You said it could take months as he specifically said that. And then, um, but
0: maybe it's just you. Mm.
1: I, I have never, I was never injured prior to that moment. Then, uh, you know, I was with Amazon, I was on the phone with you. I said, you know, and then I, I tore my calf muscle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's see. Major injury to my knee. Mm-hmm. And it's like attacking my legs. It's all legs. Trying in. to take never you out. Never had a leg issue before. It is.
0: It's trying to you. I never you. had
1: a leg issue.
0: Watch. Now you're just going to develop other issues.
1: Because you're oh, like never
0: had issues, it, never had that issue, and now it's going to be like boom. Nope. I hope. We we can't handle
1: any more of that. Well I, I just hope that um whatever is doing it, if it is doing it that they're done. And realize that <laughs> I just um i had enough. Mhm. White flag. Waving a white flag.
0: Yeah. He surrenders. Uh,
1: you got me. You got me good. I've spent like Yeah. Two years out of the last five, rehabbing, and um, I'm a, I'm good now. You know, I did You've it. You've done
0: enough we rehab for this lifetime? Right.
1: Yeah, you, it, it had its fun, if that's the case, and um, move on.
0: Right.
1: Please, well, see, I don't know you if you it works this our, I don't know either.
0: Only one way to find out. Put it out there in the atmosphere and see what happens.
1: Yeah, move on. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. Yeah Yeah, I don't know. I I took a lot away from his. Um,
0: yeah.
1: His interview. And, and, I did And too. I'll be honest and, with you yeah, know. His story. It was very Storytelling was was on point. Yeah, and it was it was yeah. a good. Yeah. I was entertained to hell. His, sto- right. his storytelling was good, and it was from like not his perspective. So he was actually retelling a story that was told to him, and it was still interesting. You know, a lot of times when you, you you retell something that doesn't happen, you know, directly to you, it, it kind of, I think, loses its luster. And and I think that his storytelling was on point, at least to the point when I, I was intrigued. And like I said, I'm very rarely yeah. intrigued. Um, exactly.
0: It doesn't happen. That way. And
1: honestly intrigued. That's saying no, not a fake intrigued. Yeah. An honest intrigued. It's
0: like for real. Right.
1: Yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, you know, I, and I and I think you know. I could probably talk to in long for long hours. Later.
0: Like, I have a lot of questions. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, the show's only so long, so it's not like I can really ask them all. But like, I, I have a why lot we of need questions. To have,
1: like, like a reoccurring spot, maybe. I think we should send them a message where, like, look, we we've, we've talked about it, um, and <laughs> for a good two minutes. And we we both were in agreement that we need to have some kind of reoccurring spot on with having yeah. you on our show because it's um you know even his his, his stories were great we have, like a story time yeah and then like uh
0: Ooh.
1: you know some Q and A We could
0: just do a story feature and we could just feature one of his stories maybe he would be willing to do like a like a, a spot. Doing and,
1: that. Well, Right, I know on his site they have a bunch of different cases and stuff. You know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of possibilities there. Um, definitely. Yeah, and like I said, I was definitely intrigued and it was definitely cool. And, you know, you know that I'm being sincere because there's a lot of times that we're out there, I'm like, oh, that's really great. And then we get in the car, we go somewhere, and I'm like, that wasn't that great. And you're like, yeah, you didn't have to even tell me. I knew what you were thinking. You know, but I'm I'm mm-hmm. legitimately intrigued by his stories. Yeah, and I think definitely. I want to hear more, so.
0: Me too.
1: We'll have to uh, leave that open to. We should. We should do that. Well, we will see everybody on our next show, and I hope hope everyone got a chance to check out and enjoyed our live streams this past weekend because they were very unique, and it was our yes. first time doing them in, in mass production where we did a multiple days in the same location. And um we will be putting them up in segments relatively soon. I don't want to give a date on it because that would be kind of yeah, the anxiety. it Yeah. Well, then
0: we'll
1: just mess one. it up. Yeah. Within the next couple of weeks, we will have segments put up. If you did not catch it, when live, it happens, we did
0: it. you'll know. Yeah.
1: Covered. And, and okay. you know, w- w- which was cool, is we did live streams and live streaming investigations, and uh, we got a chance to review a little bit. Um, and I think there's some there's some compelling responses.
0: Definitely, definitely. So and some you know not so funny responses from entities.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And then some that some yeah. that like. Made no sense, but yet it was clear as day. Responses like um, right on. We had a you know a, a live ghost box session with Richard Grieco, um, the king of Twenty One Jump Street, and he was you know he got a message, and I can't remember now if it said Richard first, but it said you know Richard it's Grieco had married. said it did. I, yeah, I think it did. Too. I'm glad you verified that you know, Richard Griegel asked, you have a message for me? And within instant response, it was, uh, Richard, go get toilet paper, or you need toilet paper, yeah. one of the two.
0: One of and, those, It was uh, along the lines is expressing that he needs toilet paper.
1: Right. And, and if the spirit feels so a, compelled
0: to say, hey, dude, you need TP, I'm thinking that, like, maybe it's time to listen. Maybe, maybe you're out.
1: Yeah. It's a very helpful spirit. I wish whoever was, if they were instead of screwing up my legs, they would be like, hey, you need toilet paper. Or, hey, watch your step. You know, don't jump. Jumping dumb. I'm what there now. Doing? I'm the
0: one doing that now. I'm like, hey, hey, hey you watch your step
1: here. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic, too, because I almost jumped off the porch at the, uh, the haunted museum because I felt compelled to. Maybe it was Chris. One last, he had one last push behind him.
0: It's like jump, man, jump.
1: Yeah, do it, do it. You know, seems like you'll something the right. devil would do. <laughs> yeah, it's fine.
0: Yeah,
1: it's only from the roof. You'll
0: be okay, man.
1: You land on your, you'll right. land on your feet. Now I remember exactly. telling you that too. I was like, man, for some reason I thought I was going to jump on there. And I was like, no, I better not. That, that was the right. the good the good entity that's with me was like, you know, like one on each shoulder Don't type do thing. It. Like, oh wait a minute, yeah. Yeah.
0: Danger, danger
1: <laughs> I think that was it
0: Yeah
1: Well I, I hope everyone enjoyed The interview as much as we did And I hope everyone enjoyed our live stream And we'll be putting out more Evidence this week And uh, we'll see everybody's next show
0: Yep Everyone take care Have a great week Goodbye Bye bye